Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Aw, oh, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Podcast unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2015. I am a host, James Hart, joined as always with Brad. Hey guys. Hi Brad. And then uh, Dan is also here. Hi Dan. Hi. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you, Dan? I'm fantastic. Good. Good. That's 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 wonderful. We're all doing good. Ryan is not here. Uh, everything fell apart at his work, so he will be here next week, obviously for. Our film explosion, which if you are somewhat new to the show, at the end of every year we do a ridiculously long podcast where we count down our top ten movies, the three of us. Um, and that's next week, we're thinking Saturday, right? Uh, or Thursday even? Yeah, it might even be Thursday. So uh, the the what it means there is if you haven't gotten your top ten list in for us to read or talk about on the show, like you got to do that quick because we're running out of time. Uh, so it doesn't even have to be a top 10 list, top five list, just your, your vote for your favorite movie or the movie you hated the most or tell us about you, an experience that you enjoyed at the yeah. theater this year. Did you see a movie that none of us saw or talked about? Yeah. Uh, and think that we are remiss for missing. Did you make uh, new friends at the theater? Was there a delicious pretzel you had? Uh, tell us about those things. <laughs> if you don't have a top. If you, if you have a wonderful story about delicious pretzels, I want to hear it. If you gave birth in a theater, oh my tell God. us that story. Um, what did you name your son? Snake Pliskin. Uh, Michael. Michael Bay. <laughs> during Transformers. <laughs> I gave birth during Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Of course, if you have a child during Transformers, you got to call it you know, Optimus Prime or Megatron. So yeah. Just uh, a given. Or Shia. Mm, that might be worse than Michael Bay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, don't name your children Shia. Um, cool. So uh, we are going to talk about the, the movie we saw this week. Every week we go see a movie and, and review it. We got a chance to see the interview by some miracle this week. Uh, so we'll talk about that at the end of the show. We'll you know say whether or not you should see it. Then we'll play the review, and then we'll talk about it and get into spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, Maybe they go to North Korea. We live to tell the tale. Right. <laughs> yeah. We man. survived a screening of the interview, uh-huh. you guys. Yeah, there were a lot of cops there. There were like six cop cars. And out a front. German Shepherd. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. There yeah, there was yeah, there was a canine unit at the um, little bag sniffer. At the Alamo draft house. Uh yeah. And I, I had heard that they were that they had requested one cop. So I don't know if like other cops just showed up just to be just like to hang out. <laughs> yeah, just to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's bring the dog. Like why not? Hey Bill, He's not doing anything. Are you uh you guarding the uh, Alamo Draft House for the interview tonight? 
because I heard some shit might go down. Sounds right. like fun. Yeah. Can I join you? Um, it would have been funny if there was just like a whole row of cops sitting in the front of the theater. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Bring <laughs> it on. You know? Yeah, um, if we're going to be here, we're going to enjoy ourselves. It was weird, though, because they were parked all cattywampus out front of the uh, the theater. So as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, shit. North Korea wasn't <laughs> fucking around. Something already happened. They already attacked the Alamo. Yeah, no, it's like two in the back, uh, one up on the curb mm-hmm. next, and then like two in the other side parking lot. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was crazy, um, but very cool. Uh, we will also talk about uh, what we've been watching and some movie news and what's coming out on DVD and, and box office numbers and all that stuff. Um, so anyway, let's let's get into it. Well, wait, wait, first, actually, who got who got what for Christmas? Did you get anything like cool for Christmas, Brad? I got two gift cards, yeah. one for uh, Best Buy and one for Amazon. So, works for me. Have you have you spent it all already in no. the last like twenty four hours since Christmas? Actually, no. I tried to on Amazon, but <laughs> um, I'm trying to be smart about it. Yeah. So I I, I want I want to maximize the return on how much because I got a few more John Claude Van Damme movies to uh, acquire, and then um, yeah, I'm still a little gun shy after receiving broken cases and non slip covers from things. So. Definitely How many wanted. of those did you get? Didn't wasn't just the one? Well, um, the one Star Trek season was missing four discs. Oh, that's right. And oh, then gosh. two other seasons had cracked cases, and then I think four of the six I got from them had no slip covers. Um, and then the uh, injustice, uh, yeah, the injustice video game, uh, that case was busted. So, yeah, that's bad luck. First world problems, right? <laughs> right. All so. the stuff that magically showed up in the mail, some of it was broken. Right. That, no, but like you pay money for it. You want it to be good. Yeah. Right. I've only bought like maybe four or five uh, Blu-rays or DVDs from Amazon. No no problems. But I've, again, like small sample size there. And if they sent me the really good ones, like shoot them up. And they're, they're going to make sure it's a good copy of that. That's not all fucked up. So, um, And then I did hear about your um, – actually, I think I saw it on Twitter – uh, that you're like, oh, the, apparently they the only photo. send out the the one and two discs instead of all of them because why would you only want to watch some, some of them? Oh, like yeah, it was only twenty bucks because they didn't give me four of the discs. Yeah, so yeah, I know I was sarcastic about it. Totally. And I, I you know, at uh, uh, you know, tweeted them and they said nothing, so they don't care. Just at Pepsi. Like oh, another just bitchy little disgruntled affluent white person. Be lucky of anything. I feel like if if the job of the Amazon Twitter person was to answer all of the customer complaints, <laughs> that would be the second shittiest job on the like that would just be <laughs> horrible. Um, yeah, no, and, and I bet they get that all day long. Where it's like, eh, my bo- my box arrived upside down. Like this is bullshit, Amazon. Yeah, your yeah. sticker was on it crooked. Oh man, that's very unprofessional. How come uh. they live comes with a buy sticker on it? This is stupid. I already bought it. I know I ordered Blu-ray, but I wanted DVD. Um, <laughs> how do I make this work in my DVD player? <laughs> uh, I bought Shoot 'Em Up, and that movie is not very good. Can I get my money back? <laughs> yeah. That's not true. That movie's great. I bought this thinking it was a rental, <laughs> a twenty-dollar rental. Right. <laughs> can Can I please give it back after twenty-four hours, please? I'm ca- yeah. please. Anyhow, no, I'm just kidding. I like I like shooting up. Yeah, the movies. What did you guys get? Um, I didn't get much. I got like a vacuum. That's no that's no fun. Um, actually, it's wildly fun. I vacuumed today. Oh my god, I, there was so much dirt everywhere, and I didn't even know it. 
Um, yeah, you you did like the canister was like just I'm gonna do full it. of dust and everything. It was fun. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. It was fun to vacuum. Well, it was fun to look at all the gross shit. Well, like, but it's also fun thinking. Oh, I'll do it like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the vacuum. Yeah. Uh huh. The, the other fun thing is you'll do it again and think, oh man, it's gonna it, like I'm gonna be really clean and healthy now. Like right. this is gonna be real nice. And then two weeks from now, I'll be like, fuck vacuuming. You'll just be like throwing Taco oh Bell God. wrappers on the floor and mashing them into the carpet. I don't have enough because you don't care vacuum. anymore. Oh, I get I get winded by the time I'm done vacuuming. Like this is just ridiculous. That wasn't a Dyson, was it? What was it? No, it's a shark. Ooh, that sounds way funner. Uh huh. Yeah. There's a <laughs> no, you don't vacuum up Taco Bell. Well, I vacuum up Taco Bell, but not with a vacuum. <laughs> with my mouth, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, and then I just went online and, and bought stuff with, you know, money. Because uh, there were some things. For some reason, I never did get a copy of – I never got a copy of Gravity. And I actually did miss getting a copy of Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't pre-order it. Um, so I went ahead and just had those shipped. Yeah. Um, the Diamond Lux Gravity. The Diamond Lux Gravity. Uh, no. I, well, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and look. Um I don't know that I cared. I think I just wanted the movie, to be completely honest. Like, I don't know why. What's on the the super special edition? I don't know what's on it. I just it comes in that dense cooler package. Oh, okay. Fuck. Mm. Now I'm gonna go back. I, I ordered it I today, it so I could, more stuff on it. I could still cancel it if I wanted to. Yeah. Maybe I'll go back and look at it. But anyway, uh, cool. Uh, Brad, what do you want to get into first? Uh, let's do or no, Dan, you're new. What do you want to get? You're not new. You've been here plenty of times. What do you want to do first? Uh, well, first I'll tell you what I fucking got for Christmas. Oh. Asshole. I'm sorry. I thought, well, I already knew because you and I have talked about it. So I think in right. my head I was like, oh, right. The listeners have not heard. Well, first question one is that special gravity thing. Is that the one where they dubbed all the sound out for the outer space? Oh, is that in that special? Is that what that oh, is? I mean, I don't know. Like, I yeah, know they were talking about that. I like, don't know if that's... We could do that I mean. and oh, it'd be more scientifically whatever. But I think that movie is fun because you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> like and all the other, you know, like right, like when the explosion happens, and then she's on the 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 escape pod, and the parachute's still tethered to the to the space station, and it pulls it taut, and then it flings it back the other way, and yeah. it looks all badass and cool, and it's making all this weird noise. That's one of those cool changes that would probably be really neat in a theater. But when I'm watching it on my 32 inch TV from like six feet away, it's probably not as impressive, right? Like, I'll yeah, probably sure. be sitting there like, well. Like, I get, I get that it's quiet, but uh. people can say whatever they want. The theater experience and the home experience are two very different things. Yeah, um, unless you have all the money, in which case, yeah, <laughs> or you just live at an <laughs> AMC, and in <laughs> right, which case, yeah. I'm very sorry. If you are the CEO of AMC theaters or Draft House Films, you know, like then then yeah. it's the same. But sure. Uh, and, so, anyways, Christmas. Yeah, what'd you uh, get? I, I I just got a little bit of money. I got well. Um, like a whole bunch of chocolate, just like here's the Nestle Crunch bar, just fucking go nuts. <laughs> just a just a half eaten Twix. Yeah, just yeah, just call out <laughs> of work one, one day and finish two. this. Um, and then uh, like kind of also unofficially for Christmas, I got uh, a really sick uh, Star Trek zip up hoodie. Oh yeah, right. Um, that uh, thing is dope. And so it, it was kind of like a gift from my boss. Um, and they all they knew is oh dan talks about star trek let's get him that uh and so they got me an original series hoodie and i've never, I've never seen the original series uh-huh. so so maybe that that'll be my excuse to go back and see it it's still like either way it's completely it's totally oh, it's awesome cool. yeah, it's really no, cool it's um so yeah i don't know do they, do they make next gen hoodies have you looked yeah yeah them? totally oh. it, it came from uh think think, think Geek. Geek. yeah um and so you can get like you might even be able to get like the ds9 or i mean i don't yeah. know but um, yeah, like if I were were to go like 
buy one now, I would totally get a next generation one. So you're saying you didn't like that gift very much? Do you want me to tell? That's exactly what I'm saying. Kyle, that he get you. Tell Kyle to fuck off. God damn it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. Cool. Sweet. What do we want to do, Dan? Uh, Well, uh, remind me the segment so you can like Uh, listen to fan mail. You can listen like some news. Here's Um, all the releases. We don't have any fan mail. Here's when James talks about an anime for five minutes and nobody gives a fuck. Um, No. No. Brad talks about the anime for five minutes. Oh. Do you want to get the anime out of the way, Brad? Screw you. I don't have any anime to talk about. You didn't see Big Eyes this week? (laughs) (laughs) Shaking my head. God damn it. Sorry. Uh, no, we actually do have some fan mail. Do we? But it's about the interview, so should I save it? Um, sure. Okay. We'll do it at the beginning of the review? Yeah. Cool. Where was it? Uh, it's a personal message. Oh, okay, cool. What? You want to you wanna do the DVDs and Blu-ray releases? Yeah, do the, do the releases. Okay, All cool. Right. You're, you're pointing at it. My niece points at everything that way, and instead of using her words, she just points, and you go, what are you, what, what is it? Truck. Yep. Yes, it is. Well, we only have two mics. I I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not my fault. Do you want me to glare at the person whose fault this is? Actually, I'm not glaring at anyone. I'm not. I wasn't <laughs> glaring at anybody. I was. Just <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's do DVD and Blu-ray releases. DVD releases and Blu-rays. That's totally a misnomer because we only talk about the Blu-ray releases. The Equalizer. Comes out this week, which is that Denzel Washington movie um, that the, I don't think any of us saw. Dan, you didn't see it. No, yeah. we, there was talk of my family watching it over Christmas, and we ended up watching a bunch of other stuff that I guess we'll get to in a bit. Okay, cool. Um, so that might be where I, I don't know. I'll see an action movie, like whatever. We're gonna go see Taken Three, so I guess I have time for Denzel Washington equalizing people. I'm a big fa- fan of the eraser and that also starts with an e so maybe they're they're very similar i don't know is the eraser and eraser two different films? no the erased with aaron eckhart is a diff- a very different movie than arnold schwarzenegger's eraser okay eraser is a f- classic of 90s cinema um among the the best of all of arnold schwarzenegger's movies so even better than terminator 2 I said among. Among, among. among among the top thirty Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> movies, <laughs> wow, okay. is Eraser. Uh, Tusk also comes out this week. Um, so if you didn't get a chance to see a man in a walrus suit, yeah, what's up with the lame new packaging? Yeah, it's not good. Whoever it's a really that bad poster. Did a not great job. <laughs> yeah, it's I really literal. Yeah, and it's just not. I don't. It. It's. It, it gets at a lot of the stuff I don't like about Tusk, which is like the third act, right? Like, I really like the part where they're both sitting at a table talking to each other, and I don't really like the part where he's in a walrus suit. So, honestly, it makes me not want to buy it just on its face, which is too bad. Um, uh, Banshee Season 2, which is a TV show, I think, on Showtime? I can't remember. Uh, season 4 of Shameless comes out this week. Season 12 of Red vs. Blue. Dan, did you know they're still doing Red vs. Blue? No, I had no idea. I thought, I th- they I thought it a um, long it's, time ago. That's Rooster Teeth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought all they, were, all they were doing now was like achievement guides and like... Did they here's, do that? Yeah, they're like, oh, if you here's how you get this trophy and like fucking Wolfenstein, whatever. You go and look at this guy and here's the weird thing and you get the trophy. Good job. Huh. I thought that's all they did now. And well, that and also like here's the... Ten dumbest grenade kills in Halo this week. Like, right. a lot of that stuff, which, I mean, if you're really into Halo, then okay, but 
I, I didn't know they were still doing this red versus, uh, red versus blue stuff. Uh, there's a movie called Elsa and Fred, one called uh, Reach Me, which looks like it has Stallone in it. It's, honestly, it's a bunch of stuff, like little straight-to-DVD movies that I've never heard of. Um, well, there's an old movie with Martin Mull called Mr. White, hitting Blu-ray this week. That's that's good. Uh, <laughs> Tromeo and Juliet. Actually, it looks like there's a shit ton of Troma movies coming out this week. Toxic Avenger Part 3, Citizen Toxie. The what the hell's a Tromo? Um, Brad, why don't you explain here? Yeah, have a... Uh, I think back in the 70s, Lloyd Kaufman started a studio, independent film studio called Troma. Mo- Mother's Day comes out this week. Okay. I Does don't know if that's in that any... I don't know if that's... It. I I think so. We yes. about that a few weeks ago. In no relation to Father's Day. That's the only reason I brought it up. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Same Go studio. Ahead. No relation. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they just make really terrible, schlocky, hardcore violence, uh, gratuitous nudity, um, gore, uh, language, just filthy, degrading, <laughs> it's, it's kind poor of special <laughs> effects, poor writing, just, and, and but yet with, with like an intentional bent to it, like, like they, they know it's horrible and they're trying to make it worse rather than trying to make it better. Right. Um, yeah, I, honestly, uh, I almost said I'll, I'd have to make you watch Father's Day, and then I thought, maybe not. I, and I, I like maybe 20 whole percent of Father's Day, maybe 30, uh, which I feel like is pretty good considering that I don't, I don't think that trauma's for me. Um, but if you, once you see one, you understand. All of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. okay. This is what this is supposed to be. Um, and sometimes they like don't make them; they just release other people's uh, films that haven't made, like uh, *Cannibal* the musical. Yeah, is it? I don't know if you've seen that one. It's um, the Trey Parker, Matt Stone, *Toxic Avengers*, like the, the their most well-known one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, um, but that's like it for this week. Again, end of the year. This is not when you release a Blu-ray. Yeah, I was looking ahead. Like, I don't think there's anything till March that I really care about on those release lists for good Blu-rays. That, that so means I can catch a, up quite a dry spell yeah, yeah. awesome um, Dan what do we want to do next uh, news news okay it's real news uh, but Dan have you ever watched Entourage no because the trailer for Entourage came out this week. The trailer um, for the, just the for the movie Entourage. Oh, They're making a movie sequel. I thought I thought you were talking about like just like whatever the next season or episode is or whatever. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a the show's been off the air for a while, but they're making a movie sequel to it. It honestly just looks like a bag of douchebags, like a whole bag full of douchebags. Um, yeah, like, all I right. Don't, I don't, I don't get it. I didn't laugh at the trailer. I don't. I've I watched probably half of a season of Entourage, hmm. and sort of just fell off because I don't. I don't see the attraction. It's I've heard it explained as being Sex in the City for dudes, and if that's true, then I don't like Sex in the City either. Um, yeah, it, 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 Sex I, in the I City. Know. I can't even get through the opening seat, like the opening music. So that's too bad, I guess. But uh, anyway, that came out this week. Not but, the most exciting trailer that we've seen in the last like three weeks. Because oh my god, that Mad Max trailer. Did we talk about that on the show? I think so. Oh man. I've seen it like three times. I don't times know about at the, the new one, but I know we talked about the San Diego Comic Con one. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, the one from like 
Which actually that was better than the one they got. Oh really? Right now, yeah. Oh I yeah I don't know that it has the like. It doesn't have the um what is it the fly of the Valkyries or whatever. Right. Uh, it has its own beat to it, and all the edits are cut to that music. Whereas this one yeah. just is just a. It seems like you in the trailer you see every action sequence in the movie yeah. <laughs> going on at the same time. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I agree. Yeah, I'm a little worried about walking in there and just being like, "Oh, great!" Two here's, hours. Here's of that trailer drama. longer. Yeah, because I've seen the Road Warrior and Mad Max, and they're a lot more dramatic than agreed. Actiony, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I well, Mad Max is very different. I feel like oh, than yeah. the rest of them. Like my mom's sorry, excuse me. My mom's never seen any of them, and so I was talking with my dad recently that we we've got to get her to watch them and. And there's a part of me that thinks that we should just start at the Road Warrior, um, which I mean that was the movie that most people saw for the first time anyway, right? Like right. it's why it's got a different title. It wasn't. I don't think Mad Max was actually like wide released in America, um, where the Road Warrior sort of was. Um, so and it just tonally is a very different, right? Like nobody gets there aren't long dramatic rape sequences in the rest of those movies the way there are in Mad Max, as I remember. It's been a while, but I yeah I don't remember that, but I just remember it was. There wasn't all the like crazy like the production design wasn't even that elaborate. It was right. just like a guy in a leather jacket and a and a cop car and like a driving car, around, just driving around, people. just beating up regular guys. Yeah, and he's like yeah, trying yeah. to save his family. Yeah, but um, Road yeah, it's more like a traditional get, like, revenge film. Yeah, the Road Warrior has like you know masked event like yeah dudes and, and assless chaps and like just yeah. crazy spiky shit and tons of dust and desert. Yeah. yeah. Which like, that's what you want. I think Mad Max doesn't really take place. In it. It's just like in some decrepit town and then right. a field. That's all I remember. Yeah, Mad Max does not feel like an, a post-apocalyptic movie. Right. Whereas and then Thunderdome, I came and finished watching. I don't. I can't remember the last time I watched it. I gotta buy the whole set on Blu-ray yeah. and watch through them again because Thunderdome, like, of course I remember all of the you know who rules bar to town, master, Bar, you know all of that stuff that's iconic. Yeah. But I I hardly I fall remember every time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, weird. Like Man. five, ten minutes in. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why it took them 20 years to make another one. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, that did kind of kill it. Um, but anyway, that trailer's awesome. Any of the trailers that... Man, we'll talk about that next week. Entourage trailer, not exciting. Not Entourage Mad trailer, Max, don't, totally exciting. don't give a shit. Um, Ash, and, Ash and Evil Dead, the Stars TV show that they have been making. Um, there was just an interview this week where they were talking about some of what the story of that that show is and basically there's going to be two other main characters that ash is you know alongside of and and he's you know living in a trailer park and the evil dead come back and he and some of his friends from the, the big box store he's working at at that time have to go and fight the evil dead um i don't know and, and i honestly this is one i'm gonna have to see to believe to some degree because when you talk about what this is it sounds hard to take does that make sense sure like i'm i'm interested but i just don't know that it's gonna be that cool but anyway we'll see uh yeah we'll see hit somebody is gonna film next fall says kevin smith sure, which whatever sounds good like that's <laughs> we'll see it's the kevin smith thing that i've been actually the most excited for him to make yeah. i sound really interested in hit somebody or hit somebody sounds really interested to me um but i just felt like it was backburnered forever so that excites me. Um, and then the other big thing was that uh, Roberto Orsi stepped off of Star Trek Three a while back, and this week they 
he not only announced that he is not writing it anymore, but that Justin Lin has come on to direct it. Uh, which means that I'm very afraid of Star Trek Three right now. Yeah, um, me too. Especially I, since there's that comment that uh, Paramount wants Star Trek Three to be more like Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm like, wow, you're moving even further away from what Star Trek is supposed to be. Yeah, like like the way they set up the end of Star Trek Three was the perfect way to launch a good Star Trek movie. Like now. They're on the five-year mission. We talked about this after In the Darkness, right? Like they're on the five-year mission. You can just tell a story where they go discover something, you know. And and there's even room here for something crazy like the Borg or something like that that we've never seen before. I mean, we've seen the Borg and we've seen them in a movie, but to see the original cast versus the Borg would kind of be interesting. You know, like I. And I said this back at the time. I, I don't love that because I feel like there. Are, I'd like to see a new story rather than like, oh, here's all the mainstay big character, big villains that you like to hear about. Um, but even that, to me, sounds more interesting than a Justin Lin movie that's written by some guys who, like, right now the only people we know are working on this movie are guys who've never actually written a produced movie before. Yeah, I was um, like, at first I was ad- uh, adverse to the idea, and I was like, well, I'll see what Justin Lin's uh, resume looks like, and maybe he's got other stuff on there that uh, right. I don't know about that um, would give clarity as to why they chose him. And it's all Fast and the Furious movies, so right. he has no diversity in his... Uh, it's yeah, it's exactly what and, and Paramount wants is an action-y Star Trek movie. I really like his Fast and Furious movies. I don't want a Fast and Furious movie in space. Like, not even close. Like, the Fast and Furious is the opposite of where I wanted Star Trek to go. Um, Star Trek 3, Space Chase. Yeah, like, I wanted a two-hour-long movie about people who are black on one side of their face and white on the other side of their face. Or, like, like go go tell me a an interesting, more emotional, more, like, ethical questions kind of Star Trek story. Take a hot-button issue from today yeah. and make some kind of narrative about it. Right. Tell me a story. That isn't obvious. Don't just tape together some action sequences. Sorry. So it stopped recording there for a second, but um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that I trust that this one's going to be as good. And what I really want from them is like a, a space mystery or, you know, just something a lot more subtle and an interesting story that they haven't told before. And I don't think that's what we're going to get now. So anyway, that's depressing, Um, but less depressing was that and it, oh, this was already spoiled for you because well I told you that we're going to interview the interview or we're going to review the interview this <laughs> week um so Sony decided to release the interview anyway on Christmas day uh and the Alamo Draft House here in Denver showed it uh so that was cool um there were a shit ton of cops there and um nothing blew up they had like a special beer that they that they crafted just for the showing but um forget what it's called uh yeah i don't know kim jong-un sucks dick oh sorry dude sorry dude yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's right um i was really uh nervous the whole time because i had my camera bag with me so i you? thought i was gonna get searched oh uh and the cops had that dog so yeah I, I it's a cool looking dog huh it's a cool looking dog yeah i wanted to pet it but then they would be like no get on the ground don't be nice to dogs yeah this is a this is a drug dog We've trained this dog to be a bastard. <laughs> Don't make friends with him. This dog only bites dicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, that was cool. I mean, good job them, you know, 
We talked about this last week, but and we'll talk about it more later in the show. <laughs> Probably. Yep. Um, cool. Dan, what are we doing? Hey, do we need to run through box office again? This is the box office stats. Uh, yeah. It was Lord of the Rings. It was Lord of the Rings. It was what was number two? Uh, it was uh. The Night at the Museum. It was the Night at the Museum. The Curse of the Secret the of cur- the Tomb. The Curse of Ben Stiller can't get good, uh, good work. Um, sh- sh- can't or shouldn't? It's, it's probably both. <laughs> um, I, I, I I like Ben Stiller. I Whatever. He's all right. Yeah. Uh, number three was Annie. Number three was Annie. And then where was Exodus? Uh, Exodus was four. Okay. Well, shit. There you go. One, two, three, four, and that's all that matters. One, two, three, four. Yep. Uh, like they'll, they'll like rank top ten or yeah, something like some that. Other. Yeah. And then number uh, number nine or number eleven was uh, KP. Number nine was PKP or PK. Which PK. I have no idea what that is. And and we yeah. Uh, uh yeah. So or Philip K. Fry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so and you should know. see those because you've never seen the Hobbit movies, right? Uh, PK. No, the Hobbit movies. <laughs> Yeah, no, I had not, but you own one and two. You will eventually own three. Yes. So I, I will watch those films yeah. at some point. You should check them out. Yeah. You should check them out. Maybe take sure. like six months to go through them. No. Just like watch 15 minutes a week. No, no, don't do that. Yeah. No. Because any one 15 minutes of that movie, probably not that interesting. <laughs> what if it's the 15 minutes with the barrels and the waterfall, though? Um, There's more than 15 minutes of that. Okay. No, actually, no, there's, that, that's Only Peter Jackson movie. could do that. Yeah, there's that, that's actually the whole second movie. It's it's the That movie starts with them in barrels, and then two hours later, they get out of the barrels and fight a dragon. Sure. Uh, and that's all of the second movie. All right. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> so, so check that shit out. Um. Cool. Uh, what we've been watching? Yes. Okay. Cool. Let's do that. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Dan, you haven't been here for a while. What have you been watching? Uh, some uh, some films. And okay. Some other stuff. Uh, so I. Uh, yeah. So just up at Christmas, uh, went up and saw the family, and we watched. Uh, you know, we just kind of watch some movies over Christmas, like Elf and Christmas Vacation. Just kind of the ones we watch every year. Those are. Right. Always like even if I watch them every year, I still really like watching them. Oh, I still yeah. laugh at all the same things in Elf every single time. Yeah, um, I've I've seen it so I've seen Christmas Vacation so many times that even the joke w- at the beginning where her eyes get frozen shut, even that's kind of funny to me now. Which yeah, has has been an achingly bad joke for my entire life. I've never thought it was funny, and then just the last couple of years, I've been like, bah, that's so fucking stupid. That movie is like really like. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, somehow fit in both Home Alone 1 and 2. Okay. Uh, real Did you ta- watch them at the same time? No. No. Um, and, you know, again, like I've, I've seen them a hundred times growing right. up. But yeah. uh, real talk, I think Home Alone 2 is better than 1. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. I, I, I was, uh, I was Emotionally, worried, I think like, the second one is a lot better. I, j- I just think all around. Like, one, 1 is really, really fun. Yeah. 2 is way better. Yeah. Um, whole story with the, with the the doves and <laughs> yes, the yeah. uh, the homeless woman, like yeah, no, that's a cool movie. I really like that movie. Uh, we fit in Dumb and Dumber at one point, and I kind of okay. forgot how that movie is funny, but kind of not good. It's it it. I had yeah. I had not seen Dumb and Dumber in maybe like in maybe like fifteen years. Oh, okay, yeah. And so if it's I've, been that long, then you'll forget that that movie is not actually amazing. Yeah, like it's funny, but it's not like the. Like I, I thought that was the best movie I'd ever seen when I was that age. Yeah, and no, <laughs> I like I, 
See, I, 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 I must I, have been way off. I don't think I saw it when everybody else saw it. Like, I didn't see it until I was probably like 15 or 16. Yeah. Um, what, whereas what? when I was a kid, everybody had seen Dumb and Dumber. I think but it came out in 94. Yeah. <laughs> Brad gave me a four for when I was table. <laughs> When I was seven, I was not going to see Dumb and Dumber movies. Sure. Because yeah, my I, mom would have seen that trailer and been like, that seems stupid. Why don't we watch Guys and Dolls? And I would have agreed with her. <laughs> And I probably still agree with her. I uh, so yeah, like it, it's funny, but it just it'd been too long. So yeah, um, and then uh, we also fit in Groundhog Day. Maybe that if if we juxtapose those two things, maybe that means that if we if you and I went fifteen years without watching Christmas Vacation and came back to it, we'd go, you know what, this movie's not good. I don't. Well, okay. I'm not saying that I agree with that idea. I just think it's funny that we talked about like watching a movie every year and how it gets actually kind of funnier and stays fresh. And then if you go a long time with a dumb movie like that, yeah. that all of a sudden you go back and go, mm, how about no? Okay. It's just yeah. interesting. Uh, we, we also watched Groundhog Day. That uh-huh. movie's fantastic. Yes, it is. Yeah, like if if somebody out there who's listening has never seen Groundhog Day, like you you really just need to go watch it. Yeah. It's just fucking good. Yeah. Um, and then the, the ones that we can actually talk about here are... Oh my god, my phone went to sleep. What is it? Okay. Um uh I saw okay, I watched Frozen, but I didn't actually watch a lot of it because I was also babysitting a 6-year-old and a 3-year-old. What okay. was happening? Oh, so, by babysitting you meant you showed them Frozen. Well, no, it was like uh, Uncle Dan come watch Frozen with us. I was like, "Fucking hell yeah. I've, I've everyone's talking about Frozen and uh-huh. whatever that one song is." And so I sat and like of course 15 minutes into it, all they're doing is like saying every word along with it and then the one song comes on and I can't hear a damn word of it and I'm like fucking so um, you just smash their heads yeah, against so each just... other so they fall asleep and <laughs> yeah and um the I wa- gotta watch this fucking Disney movie uh, I actually don't think like after about 10 or 15 minutes in, I don't think I heard a single word of the, oh, of the no. rest of the movie um you should have just watched them performing it as if like <laughs> yeah. they were the characters um, it was like a play the uh I, I do have to say that the snow looked really good yes like when somebody is like like somebody would get pushed and it would fall into it uh-huh. and it looks like snow really good oh, like it's almost uncharted 2 good <laughs> i i mean like it looks really fucking good yeah like holy shit that movie's gorgeous like, like they those movie people are really talented and like whoever they are and wherever they are they like oh my god for a reason like it, it like fucking awesome yeah like, look it's really rad um and then also, I I got to finally hear the song that apparently every parent hates uh-huh. because all the all the kids do is sing it all day long. Um, yeah, that movie's good. It, it I, it's good. I, I'll I at some point I should probably maybe yeah, sit down and watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's worth you. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, you should also see The Hobbit, but Frozen's <laughs> good too, and and Star Trek uh, too, and Star Trek Into Darkness. Which yeah. yeah, the fact that you haven't seen that is crazy. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, It's Always Sunny. Philadelphia. Yep. Um, that new season. Well, no, because like uh, you know, like when I went like blasted through it the first time, it was like six or seven seasons on Netflix. Yeah. And now, like it, like a year or so later, like they have two more, and so I, I actually watched the the whole run oh. just over the last few months, and now I'm cool. going through this stuff. That show is just like it's stupid, but it's really smart mm-hmm. in how stupid it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, to the point at which the the episode where the the Dave and Buster's episode that when it first aired, I hated, really hated, um, is brilliant. 
Oh, and they're talking about like, oh, you, but you you have your power card, right? And well, because yeah. they fucked it up when they aired it. They really fucked it up because they, um, they went too far, and so they put during the commercial breaks they put commercials for all the product placement that's in that episode, and so it felt like, uh, it felt like they'd lost control. Instead of it being where the commercials were actually a funny part of the show, it felt like the commercials were why the show was doing what it was doing. Does mm. that make sense? Okay. Whereas when you watch it now, you're like, oh, this is a really great episode. Like, this is really funny, and the sure, the, yeah. the subtle product placement jokes are really good. But when you watched it on, on live TV, you thought that they had sold out. Okay. And it sucked. <laughs> like, it really, I remember sitting there with, with my roommate, Ryan, at the time, and just going like, this, no. What are they doing? Um, but yeah, that show's great. It's it's I've I've genuinely probably seen every episode two dozen times. I'm not I'm not even yeah. kidding because I watch it while I go to sleep, and so I'll just turn on any random episode. Um, and I've gone through the whole season at least twenty four times. The um, just like the way Danny DeVito just screams every word that he says, <laughs> and and just whore. Yeah. Horror <laughs> every single time over pronouncing that H. Yeah. yeah, God, like it's it's just really smart. Um, yeah. I finished up uh, all the fourth season of Game of Thrones. That's really rad. I'm all caught up on that now. So yay! Is that the one that ends with the wedding? No. Is that season three? That uh, ends which with the wedding? which wedding? There's several weddings. A really bad wedding. Well, there's more than one of those. Also, I don't, the red wedding. That's season three. Okay, so you've now seen more than I have. So now I've seen more than you have. Okay, because I only saw through to that, and I thought, uh, you know, these characters should have known better. And then when the next season came yeah. around, I'm. So I I don't really like. So at one point there um there's a guy who gets his skull crushed by somebody else's hands. Okay. He just shoves his fingers into the guy's eye sockets oh, and, and fuck just yeah, Blade Runner. rips his skull apart. Oh. And it like it, it was one of those things where I was like, oh God, and I had to look away. But also I'm looking at it going like this like how much did this fucking cost to make? This looks so good. Like <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. Like that that show must be super expensive. Um well, I don't know. Uh, because there, like, there's like a lot of production value there, but at the same time, it's it, that show is a lot like Deadwood, where once they've built a lot of the sets and have bought a lot of the stuff they need, they're, they're so the show is front loaded with production uh, expenses. Um, once they've built like the CG elements that they need, it, the show gets cheaper as each season goes by. So that's why they had renewed that show for a second season before they even f- well, like uh, started the first one. Sure, okay, but, except that like, but you're right. Yes, it takes a yeah, like, it's an expensive show. When this dude's skull is just like you understand, it's not that the, really that like that man. They didn't pay that man to let them crush his skull, right? Like it's just a plastic skull. It looked like it looked really good. It it, it looked really real. Yeah, and maybe, also really gross, was, and also really really good. really good. Maybe they went and got a cadaver and crushed. I, I mean, like skull. you, like if you. In my head, if you gave me all the money, I could not make it look that good. So well, you're not a professional skull crusher. This is true. Whereas I skull. know exactly how to do it. Skull crusher. Uh huh. That's you. Yeah, skull crusher. Tw- uh, Four twenty is my Xbox name <laughs> at hotmail. <laughs> dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's all I got. I also watched the interview, but we'll get to that later. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad. 
Oh, so big eyes. Tim Burton's latest foray into non-CGI uh. explosions of creative fare. Um, it's about a real-life event, uh, real-life story of... It's a football team in Texas, big eyes, strong hearts. If you no? keep doing this, we're going to be here all night. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Friday Night Lights reference. Thank you. Um, Margaret Keene, Margaret Ulbrich. Um, it's got Amy Adams and Christoph Waltz in the leads. They play this husband and wife duo. The wife paints these famous paintings with children based on her own child, but she gives them all gigantic like anime eyes. Um, it's sensation, but because it's the 50s... Wait, um, so this movie's not animated? No. Oh, shit. Do you know what this movie is? Nope, at just all? saw posters. Yeah, I saw a commercial for it. Yeah? Uh, and it, yeah, it was like they counterfeit something. They don't counterfeit. Or um, something. They no. just misrepresent what her art. Cause, so, um, Mr. Keene is a painter. She's a painter. Um, he basically paints like doctor's office, landscape stuff. He says he went to Paris, you know, bummed around the city a bunch. That's where he got his inspiration for most of his uh, paintings. She is more creative. She more surreal, makes these big eyed characters. Um, they start trying to get them into galleries, but no one will take them because they're all like, well, yours is just generic landscape art and hers is like weird bug eyed kid shit. No one wants to see that on their walls, but they put them into nightclubs and all these partiers are like, oh, that's cool. And then um, the husband is a really good salesman. So he basically starts telling him, because um, no one will take a, a female painter seriously. So he's like, well, I painted them. And then he goes home like, well, we're husband and wife, so we're both getting the money anyway. So let's make some money. Who cares? But this goes on for years and years. The paintings become more and more of a sensation. And so Mrs. Keene feels marginalized. She feels like she should be getting the credit as well as the money. Um, and then Mr. Keene becomes, you find out that Mr. Keene's even more of a fraud in some ways. And uh, he starts to just go off the deep end, uh, fully believing that he's painted these himself. Hmm. Um, and then it climaxes in this like courtroom drama that's actually kind of hilarious when they're trying to prove like, well, who's trying to prove to the world like who is the author of these paintings and when it's clearly like you're the annoying thing is you're sitting there going like just have them do a paint off yeah yeah 100%. <laughs> clear this up easily but no they have this like long drown thing where christoph waltz is being hilarious acting like perry mason like he becomes his own counsel so he's just acting like what he saw on tv um but that's about it i mean it's nice to see tim burton do something that's not completely fanciful it's more in the vein of just like straight up like Ed Wood, but it's not as uh, it's not as strong as that. It's more straightforward. It's like yeah, here's these two characters, and this is what happened. Um, at one point, Margaret is like shopping, and she starts to see people in the store with who have big eyes. Like that's the only like, CGI in the movie really that I saw. Hmm. Um, but obviously, it's not. What I'm saying is it's not like this crazy adventure like Alice in Wonderland thing. It's more yeah. of like a real drama type thing. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty entertaining. And then I also saw The Imitation Game, which is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch playing Alan Turing's life story. Uh, he is the guy who is considered the creator of the computer, modern computer PC. Mm -hmm. um, they were called Turing machines at the time. Mm -hmm. and they, that's like a text at the end of the movie, like mm -hmm. the epilogue. 
Um, really good movie. The audience clapped at the end. Cool. They loved it so much. Um, I was more interested in like them trying to solve the problem of s- decoding the German messages. Right. So he's tasked with Alan Turing is uh, recruited by the the British uh, military to find a way to decode messages coming out of a German machine called the Enigma machine. Mm-hmm. And it's a machine that just created a code that every 24 hours it would change over. So even if you figure out how to, what the code was 24 hours later, it'd be a different system. Right. So you have to start over and Alan Turing just decided like it would take over a hundred and ninety nine thousand years to get through the first cycle. So no amount of manpower is going to do it. Right. Like mathematically, like based on, so he's like, we need to create a machine that can learn how the other machine works. So there's a great deal of time spent uh, showing him trying to convince everyone to go along with this elaborate machine that no one understands how it's going to even produce a solution. Um, and they don't really show you the details of how it even works. You just see like these rotating discs with like little letters on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the le- rest of the movie um, deals with, yes. Dan's what? showing me a picture of the movie. I, I confirmed that that is correct. Um, so it's half figure out how to break the Enigma machine. And then it also sh- kind of deals with uh, Alan Turing being homosexual. What? I know. You I'm, turned off already? No, I, I knew. No, it's, uh, it's obviously essential to his life because right. um, the movie starts out with this break-in and you don't know why someone broke into his house. And this detective... He's trying to – everyone else is like, well, whatever. It's just a break-in. Nothing got stolen. But this detective is like, well, something seems fishy here. So he goes off on his own personal uh, crusade to figure out what it is. And then other cops get ahead of him and find out it was related to, like, his lover. Uh, but he doesn't want to believe it's that. And at the time, being a homosexual in London was, like, punishable by death even. Mm-hmm. So that secret isn't supposed to get out. Right. And then while the movie's going on, you're also learning about the backstory of when he was a kid and getting picked on in school and his only friend was this other boy. And so his time with that boy kind of uh, furthered his feelings for men. Right. And so that becomes a problem. And then, uh, but yeah, other, the weird thing was like after most of the movie deals with the machine, the first thing that comes up in the epilogue is about like, uh, Alan Turing committed suicide because um, he was taking these hormone injections to cure his homosexuality. Um, it's like, I didn't feel like that was the focus of the movie. It was just like a, mm-hmm. a supporting uh, part of it. But it felt like by putting that at the end, it was like, oh, this is what we were trying to focus on. Like, nah, I don't feel like that should have been it. Yeah. But yeah, the rest of the movie with the machine is like, they're trying to get him to solve it faster because all these other British soldiers are dying. One of the really cool parts is when they finally do crack it and within five minutes they know what the next German assault is going to be. And then, so they got this map on the back wall and they're about to call the British army to let them know, like you need to prepare for this. And then Turing steps in and says like, you can't tell them because if we succeed in uh, thwarting that battle, 
then the Germans are going to know we've cracked it. And if they know we've, we've cracked it, then we have to start over. So, mm. and we have to build a whole new machine, which is not possible. Huh. So they have to go ahead and like let those people die. And then one of the people in the room has like a brother on that ship and he's like, my brother's going to die. I can't let this happen. So they have to like fight him not to. Holy shit. Yeah. It's That's intense. cool. Yeah. Wow. And then. Yes, that's the movie they talk about. Like, yeah, this was like a secret for 50 years. And, oh, and then the MI6 comes in and recruits Turing to like, okay, you've got it cracked and now we have to keep it a secret. Mm -hmm. So we have to assemble another team that has to plan statistically plausible scenarios for us to win the war Mm -hmm. based on what we know. Like they have to choose what information to act on and what not to, to make it seem like they don't know. That's cool. Yeah, that's messed up. Oh man. So, wow. Yeah. That Very interesting. Good. That sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> so you should see that. Cool. Very cool. cool. I watched so many Jean Claude Van Damme movies this oh week. Oh my god. So many. <laughs> so many being seven. Uh, okay. Time cop. No, I. That's uh, way in the past. Universal Soldier. Uh, that was last week. Okay. Uh, do you want me to keep guessing? No. Okay, go ahead. I've got the list right here. <laughs> um, and this is uh, pretty much a list of a lot of the latter, more recent straight-to-DVD things. Oh. So, um, is that a statement about their quality as well, or just... Yes. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. I went to Trademark trying to get Desert Heat. Okay. Apparently, is that the one from this year? No. From this year. Yeah, wasn't there one from, like, this... this uh, anyway. when When's Desert Heat from? Like, 2002. Oh, okay. I think. Right. Um sure. So I, I went to Trademark trying to get it because I saw it there a couple weeks ago and passed on it. Mm -hmm. And then I burned through a bunch of other ones. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go pick it up. And apparently someone else in town there's really a, want, was looking for it. There's another human being in yeah, Denver. Because it's already gone. Um, so, But I found six other movies. Okay. Um, and one of them was, let's do legionnaire first because i think that was probably the best one of do the, they uh, do they run together in your head when you yes. watch that many movies well especially all... these six right because they're all the straight to dvd yeah and they like all have half similar of them plots have sounded and... like that yeah like that they're the same movie so yeah. i have to imagine that i talked about in hell and wake of death last week right? i have no idea they run <laughs> together in my head too and i didn't watch them uh i rewatched death warrant this week i didn't put it on the list but i rewatched it too and i was just like god like if i make another jean claude movie so many of his movies take place in prison or he's like avenging the death of his wife. Yeah. Um, so like the next, the sequel will be like that premise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, Legionnaire is actually not similar. It, the, oh, like mo his, most his, similar to the quest, but huh? his wife gets killed during a conjugal visit. And so he has to break out of, you know, he's got to kill somebody in the jail. So it's a, it's a, it's a wife's dead revenge quest in prison. Sure. I'm just Legionnaire? No. No, not... no, I'm just saying this is what the next movie <laughs> that's is. That's what you're thinking up. Yep. Uh so Legionnaire, uh he uh, Jean Claude is a boxer um who makes a bet and then uh some mobster says, Hey, take a dive and we'll make more money and then he decides he doesn't want to, in the ring during the fight he just decides he doesn't want to take the dive. So he bails on the on the plan, makes a ton of money off of winning and then tries to hitch a ride out of town. Um, the mobster doesn't like that, chases him down, kills his friend. Jean-Claude manages to escape, 
leaves the girl he's seeing at the train and he goes off and joins the French Foreign Legion um, with the expectation that maybe he can wait it out. Um, but uh, the, there's a like multi-paragraph intro to the movie <laughs> that says like... Like Star Wars style words. Almost. It's just not at an angle. Right. No. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> yeah. D- explaining how the, <laughs> the French Foreign Legion was... Uh, not so much, you know, a bunch of servicemen. It was an assemblage of thieves and um, you know, unsavory people, murderers, stuff like that. Fair. Yeah. So, and then from then on, he's just like, uh, you know, getting his ass kicked in the Legion, uh, befriending a couple guys. It's almost like prison again <laughs> for, you know. Yeah. He's the odd man out, and then he... Someone else is about to get shivved, but he steps in and saves them. They become friends and then slowly becomes friends with more and more of the Legion. And then uh, they decide to take a trek across the desert to go to this one fortress, abandoned fortress, to set up a new outpost. And meanwhile, there's like these uh, the natives on horseback. Uh, right away, they t- tell you like, yeah, you join the Legion, but good luck surviving anything because these guys are, you know, baddest motherfuckers. And if you can take down one of them, you'll be the, you know, baddest legionnaire ever. Uh, so they're outnumbered, out, you know, out talented as far as fighting and stuff. And yeah, they get wiped out. <laughs> Is this movie set in like modern day? No, it's like the 20s. Oh, or, okay. All right. 1910s, 30s, something okay. like that. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but it was back around that time. The term like legionnaire, I just, I just feel like he's dressed in like Roman soldier outfits. Or no, something. no, like, he's like for some reason the he's like desert just, fatigues, or it makes me think of Legion that that movie with the, you know, the, the archangel, the archangels. Yeah, yeah. God, that sucks. <laughs> so brain dead. Um, so yeah, uh, that was actually pretty good. Um, but it's all downhill from there. But like, not much happens. Like, yeah, he just kind of goes through the motions. Does he ever kick anybody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, kicks That's a few good. people. All right, good. But not as much. I mean, it's more gun. There's not a lot of opportunities for him for to kicking. Like, go. They're all too hand far to hand. Away. I mean, yeah. The uh, the enemy has like machetes and uh, horseback, uh, and can- they even have cannons. They Dude, blow up most could, of the outposts. He could, he could kick a guy with a machete. He pretty much kicks a scimitar through that guy's chest and explodes fuck too. You, fuck yeah! Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh that. See, yes. Good stuff. Uh, so oh, Legionnaires. Let's see. What would be the second best of this list? <laughs> um. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> no, the last ones are all in the same boat. <laughs> oh, Legionnaire. Cool thing. Um. So at Trademark, they had three copies, right? Okay. And one had a different looking cover, and the other two had the same. And those two on the back it said full screen. Okay. And the one that had the different looking cover didn't mention whether it was either or. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it said it was from Canada. So I assume that the Canadians probably had the widescreen version. Sure. And they did. Oh, good. <laughs> so I got the right one. Why is Canadian so much? Why would they be more widescreen than. I think uh, like foreign DVDs. Oh, they just straight up yeah. put out. The theatrical. Yeah. The, as is. Yeah. Um, and then. The Americans are like, oh, at the time, because I think Legionnaire came out in 98 or something. Yeah. And the DVD probably came out it's in 2000. Those fucking old ladies would come through the blockbuster and be like, but I don't have a widescreen TV. I don't care. That's not how this works. Yeah. Just watch the fucking movie. 
as the director intended. Yeah. Framing. When I tell you you're losing 42%, does that make sense to you? <laughs> I don't have a what? God damn it. Oh, what they a were the DVD. worst. And I'm, I'm using my old lady voice. The, like the woman who was really horrible about it was like 40, not old. Hmm. Should have known better. Just a horrible human being yelling at me because I chose what Blockbuster sell. What a, oh my God. Anyway, what else did you watch? Okay. Yeah, we got six hours to get through. Um, <laughs> well, I got to break this shit up. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched Universal Soldier. Oh, did I? S- Universal Soldier of the Return? I didn't write that on. Oh, great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> did I totally forget to do. Universal Soldier so, so I Universal Soldier of the Return. So I know you talked about Universal Soldier. I can't remember if yeah, you talked about the Yeah, that was last week. But I watched. Yes. But Universal Soldier was on a disc with the hardcore second in command and knockoff, which I already did. Uh, so I there's three more movies. I got. Oh my god! So let's do Universal Soldier: The Return, which is number two, okay. and then Regeneration, which is number three. Number two is ridiculously bad. Okay. Like it's like a sci-fi channel movie. Um, it's got that wrestler Goldberg in it as a oh, soldier. Yeah. Remember? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when he was trying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like he is a cartoon character in a different movie. Like Jean Claude's carrying over from the <sighs> sort of serious movie that he was in, right? And then, oh, Michael Jai White, who's uh, Black Dynamite, yeah, right? He's the main villain. Uh, but Goldberg, well, cool. like every time he's in a fight scene, he ends it with like some supposed to be funny but not funny catchphrase type thing, uh, almost like "I need a vacation" or uh, <laughs> um, "Oh fucking die hard" or "Damn you, uh, Luke." Damn dirty apes. Something like that. Yeah, there's like one part where he's chasing Jean-Claude and Jean-Claude jumps off the roof of a building and then into like a like trash um, canister. Okay. Um, with like, you know, shredded paper. Sure. Actually, I think it was right. literally shredded paper in bags. Because he was like, outside the shredded paper in bags factory. Right. Yeah. And then, oh, it's, it's on a truck. And so Jean-Claude rolls off, gets in the truck, starts driving the truck away. And then Goldberg tries to get make the jump and he just misses so he just hits the ground instead of getting in the truck right. but he's a universal soldier so he's fine yeah he's fine right and then john cloud backs up over him oh okay um but like you and know he, as and then he's, he's going, like i didn't see that coming all the universal soldiers so far have had no personality but goldberg is like the one who jumps who falls off the ledge and goes like oh no <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a scene where they're in a hospital and then goldberg tracks him down and then uh, he's fighting the orderlies and the orderlies are clearly other famous wrestlers that <laughs> he got into the movie. <laughs> so it's like, you know, scrubs, but then like almost Guy right. Fieri right. Like, looking dude who's like roided out. Super, super tan. Yeah. Like not a typical orderly. Yeah. Yeah. They've got farmer tan where their mask usually is. Yeah. Yeah. Like and it's two guys it's clearly just because Goldberg needed his own fight scene. Uh-huh. Um, what else? And yeah, and then Michael Jai White is like this computer who puts his consciousness inside a universal soldier. Um, oh, okay. And they're trying to stop whatever. And then uh, Luke Devereaux has a daughter this time, and I assume that the re- reporter from the first movie is the wife he's talking about that died and is her mom. Um, but now this movie has just happens to have another reporter woman as the female lead. Okay. He's like following him around again. It's like, wow, lazy. Um, and so her cameraman like gets re- wiped. 
They no. they they wanted an excuse to recast their. Yeah, I, they obviously didn't get the original girl back, but right. it's like they didn't just give her a new job. They just made her another reporter, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, who happens to get stuck in this situation? Well, so. they probably wrote it for that original actress, and then when they went to her, she was like, "No, no, I want to get paid this time." And they were like, yeah. "Oh, this could ruin my career." Ah, sorry. Um, and again, yeah, it's like Sci-Fi Channel level production yeah. quality yeah. movie. Um, and then regeneration, like I popped in and just stopped paying attention, like after a few minutes because it was again there's like so there's like three so suddenly luke Devereaux doesn't have a daughter anymore like she's just out of the picture and he's going through ptsd again after being like all happy-go-lucky in the return um he's seeing a psychologist i think okay psychiatrist and then um there's this faction that revives the program and they create one badass Unisol who goes rogue. Okay. And so they have to send the other Unisols that they uh, created to go stop him, and they get wiped out. And then they Do they kidnap. call them Unisols in the movie? Yeah, even the first one. Wow. Yeah. Weird. And then they kidnapped, uh, they kidnapped Jean-Luc. Picard? Wait. Uh, they kidnap Van Damme, reintegrate oh, him, reintegrate him back to the program. Jean-Luc Van Damme, yeah. Yeah, Luke Devereaux. Reintegrate him into the program, and then halfway through the movie, the scientist who's running the program again apparently had the corpse of uh, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, all right. This whole time, who blew up. Um, Wait, you taped him back together? Yeah, they taped him back together, magically taped him back together, uh-huh. um, revived Super him. Blue. And he comes out all philosophical, like, what does it mean to be a universal soldier? Like, he's just basically running around asking questions of but his existence. But he wasn't ex- like that existence. in the first movie. No, he was batshit crazy All in the of a sudden, movie. he's the villain from Blade Runner. Like, yeah, weird. And then, so, he the cool part is he fights Luke Devereaux again. And uh, in the battle, like the last part, uh, Luke or Van Damme grabs a pipe and then stabs him in the forehead with it. Cool. And then grabs a shotgun and then puts the shotgun barrel through the pipe in his forehead and then blows the back of his head out. Ah! Yeah. And then that's so... Wouldn't the pipe have already killed him? It, he was dying. Oh, okay. He was seeing his last, like, yeah, existentialist he was comment. Monologue. And then... All right. Van Damme wasn't listening and he just grabbed a shotgun and finished him off. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then Van Damme has to fight that one rogue Unisol and... Yeah. The whole movie is just a one long fight scene. Okay. And inside this, um, this like, like the brain factory, huh? <laughs> it's, it's just like the, the Hobbit, Hobbit three, three yeah. yeah. It's way less fun. <laughs> uh. So yeah, that's Universal Soldier. Okay. Then I watched Derailed, which is oh the movie Die Hard on a Train. Uh, Clive Owen and uh, Jennifer Aniston. No, not that one. Not that one. No, this one has the same name. Okay. Different premise, I imagine. Okay. Uh, Van Dam is like a bodyguard for this one chick who's a thief. Okay. Very different. Yeah, and she's smuggling a like insanely toxic biohazard virus to somebody. Why? I don't remember. Is she I, smuggling it in her body, like Mission Impossible Two style? No, just a canister. Okay. Um, and then that's more practical. Some faction is trying to steal it from her. And they have a history together, like him and like the guy leading that, who is, I think, what was he in? 
Universal Soldier. He's typically like, I don't know, he's not a famous name, but he's often like a James henchman Bond. to other guys in other movies. Steve Buscemi. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> they finally get the canister. There's an accident. The canister breaks, and then everyone's infected on the train. Uh-huh. Um, and they all die. And uh, Van Damme's wife and kid are, uh, you know, snuck on the train, so now they're infected. Well, and that's their fault. They should have bought a ticket like good American human beings. They did. They bought a ticket. They just didn't tell. Oh, they didn't they tell Van Damme. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. So they walked in on, because the, the woman he's protecting, you know, uh, Van Damme's quiet about his job. Oh, okay. So his wife just shows up and like, what, who's this woman? Whatever, you know. Is it like uh, Taylor Swift or Miley Cyrus that he's protecting? We're not going to get through. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Fast as all if you keep making a joke out of everything I say. <laughs> the movies are jokes themselves. <laughs> you don't need your Okay, comments. so everybody on the train's got a disease. So everyone has a disease. Um, and then I really don't know what – I lost interest. I don't know what they were drawing out the rest of the time with because they're basically just chasing Van Damme through different cars. And then there's this horrible uh, helicopter explosion. So Van Damme, but Van Damme is just there, like his his family gets sick, and then he's like, I gotta fight these bad guys, right? Like the bad guys have his wife and daughter like quarantined in one of the cars. Okay. And the bad guys don't know that they're related, so he's just trying to find a way to save everybody. Okay. Um, and then eventually they do find out, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, and then they try to like get off the train or something. Just try to stop these bad guys, and there's a helicopter that slams into the the front of the tunnel. Oh, like Mission Impossible. But it's like, it all it's really really bad compositing. Like oh, like Mission Impossible. Clearly the ba- the landscape is just green screen, and the train is the, a real foreground thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty bad. Then there was Six Bullets, which was more of it. Jean Claude is a side character, where he again is a bodyguard. Or like a gun for hire, right. and this MMA wrestler and his wife, their daughter gets kidnapped, so they hire Van Dam to go get her back. But they also like pick up guns and try to get her back too. So they form like this little team that tries to track down these, you know, child kidnappers. And who are the other three members of the team? Because I assume if it's called Six Bullets, that there are six people on the team. Uh, no, it's not about the the Six Bullets. Isn't about the team. It's about like they all use revolvers. No, just how like I think I don't think Van Damme really used much of a gun in the movie. He tries not to use guns. Okay, but if he has like six bullets, he like uses them wisely. I, yeah. Oh, okay. Again, I kind of lost interest <laughs> in what was going on, but stayed through most of what I could. Yeah. Um, but really, that's the premise. Dog right. gets kidnapped. Van Damme gets hired. He does things his way, mostly gunless. They try to the couple tries to do what they can. You know, he's an MMA guy, so he has a bunch of action scenes of his own. That's unfortunate. Um, Do they get the daughter back, just so I don't have to watch the movie? Sure. I don't okay, remember. Good. Good. Yeah. good. All right. Good. Um, then there was Dragon Eyes, which, again, okay. very dis- Van Damme's on the cover of the movie with right. the other ca- main character, uh-huh. and the movie is about that other guy. <laughs> right. Van Damme is basically a flashback. It's kind of like that uh, that Liam Hemsworth movie uh, that The Rock was in for five minutes from a couple of years ago. What was that called? The, the Estate. No, Estate. Wait, anyway, go ahead. Uh, so there's this uh, there's this town called St. Jude. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, there's warring gangs. Okay. African Americans. Crips and Bloods. Hispanics. Um, most of it takes place in this motel or this low rent apartment complex. Uh huh. Which our main character, I don't remember his name, moves into. Josh. Go ahead. <laughs> sure, Josh. Because I don't. <laughs> so Josh moves into <laughs> this uh. apartment complex and gets you know, as soon as he shows up, the one of the gangs is like, you don't belong here, you know. So he kicks their ass, and then they get pissed off, and then he basically gets in the middle of this rival gang war. And Peter Weller's in the movie, cool as this mobster, right? Who is basically running the show. Um, he's got the police in his pocket. He's got these two gangs working for him to get him money. And then this guy, uh, Josh kind of gets in the middle of it. And then he, he like gets in with Peter Weller. So he becomes like the new gang leader. Okay. But you find out that he's just working his way up to him. Um, it's actually pretty cool twist at the end. Um, you find out that, Josh has been tr- went to prison because he accidentally killed a a girl in a robbery. Okay. Um and then in prison he meets Van Damme who trains him uh to be a martial arts badass. And then he uh at the end of the movie you find out that Van Damme is in prison because he was playing Peter Weller's uh schemes mm-hmm. like he was collecting money but trying to get it back into the community community so he was trying to help but like being on by b- being on hit their side and then during one of the, like the money pickups he gets jumped by two masked guys and turn and then he kills one of them and he finds out that that one guy he killed was his own son <laughs> <laughs> fucking a who <sighs> entered in the life of crime so you know he willingly went went to jail to you know because he'll never forgive himself. And he said, so Josh, he's like, once you get out of here, um, to repay me for all this training I've given you, you, if you could go clean up that town for me, I'd appreciate it. So basically that's what he did. Is That's why Josh went to that town, is to stop Peter Weller. and Yeah, but there's like really silly shit. So it's like walking tall, but without a two-by-four. I remember walking tall. All right. Um, and there's a... I wish I wish I'd been paying attention more, but there's a scene where Do you? Peter Weller has a meeting with Josh <laughs> and then two other cops, and it's in front of a liquor store, but it's like a like a picnic table, like you'd see like at a outside Dairy Queen or something, right? But it's in front of a liquor store, right? So they have their dialogue, and then at the end of the scene, Peter Weller says, "So we're we gonna eat or what?" Like, <laughs> at the liquor store diner, what just happened? Should I go back and? Rewatch that? No, I'm gonna just keep watching the rest of the movie. So that was Dragon Eyes. Oh, oh um, man. The oh. Shepherd, Van Damme, becomes a border patroller. Oh shit! I was really hoping he became a shepherd. He takes his bunny and moves to what? I think the Mexican border. Literal bunny? Yeah, it's a rabbit in his okay. passenger seat. <laughs> Feeding it carrots. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the, oh the bunny's name is Jack. That's how I remember. Oh, okay. Good. And his name is Jack. So <laughs> and the bunny's name is Jack because his daughter named the bunny Jack to be funny. That's not funny. Yeah, it's not that funny. <laughs> um, so he gets this job um, trying to stop 
you know, foreigners from jumping the fence. Are they named Jack? No. Okay. They're probably like Javier and... <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> Jose. Gotcha. Now they're oh. J names. <laughs> One was probably called Josh. <laughs> so, yeah. Again, he gets... He uh, gets in the middle of some corrupt individuals, and oh shit! Uh, there's there's these um, former uh, army, sure, disgruntled army guys. Yeah, they went to Afghanistan. They had a rough time. Came back home. Decided to like fight the government instead. Okay, sure. So they have some money making scheme with the whole border situation. Okay. Um, and then Van Dam thwarts it. And, uh, yeah. Yep. Does the bunny survive? The bunny does survive. Good. Although at the end of the movie, he goes back to his apartment. Uh-huh. And it's been ransacked. Uh-huh. And the bunny's cage has been thrown apart. Uh-huh. And they spend a good two or three minutes trying to... Find the bunny? Find the bunny. And it, was <laughs> just in the, it was just in a cabinet the whole time, <laughs> oh. eating more carrots. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that was all right. Uh, yeah, um, that one sounds pretty good. It was less silly, but at the same time, like I didn't really, I wasn't invested was in what was going on. Was it less silly? Um, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I guess there's a silly part where he gets captured and then uh, his boss uh, finds out she runs down to, Mex- or to Mexico right, like really quick. Right. Um, she gets captured and then right. they also happen to ca- have captured her dad. Right. And so... Because everybody who goes to Mexico gets captured. Yeah. And then they're holding Van Damme in this uh, room with... It's like a... Box. It's this estate, so it's got like this uh, like spa-like pool. Oh, okay. Um, so he's dangling upside down over it, and they've got it wired with electricity. And then... Are they fucking Batman villains? Like, what the... Sh- Never yeah, mind. Yeah, they're pretty high-tech soldiers. <sighs> they have pretty sweet... Uh, situation so yeah <laughs> they're trying to get information out of him then they bring in his boss lady throw a exploding collar on her and said like if you don't tell us the information we're gonna blow her up and then you find out that it was just a dummy uh device right and then the other the real one was on this sculpture that the guy quickly threw one on it's so <laughs> convoluted Whoa. and then she doesn't want to give information, so they wheel her dad in, and they toss him into the, the electric spa, and he, he gets die? fried. Yeah. Oh. So she's bummed about that. And then, finally, the last one I watched was Until Thank Death. Thank God. Okay. Um, which is... I have to say... Is this a slapstick comedy? No, it's... None of these are comedies. <laughs> well, they're not intended to be comedies. This one is actually pretty... Van Damme plays... They spend, like, half an hour of the movie setting up that he's a really shitty cop. Okay. Like, he has... He's trying... He's on the right side of the law, but he's uh, a hypocrite because he also does heroin. Okay. So, like, other guys in the department try to skirt the system, and he rats them out, but he does stuff like do heroin on the side and, uh, you know, forge papers and things like that. Um, Yeah, so for the first half hour... Um, he's trying to track down his former partner, uh, became bad. And so they're trying to track him. They do a sting operation to try to get him, but he's obviously 
one up on them. So that thing goes bad and a bunch of other cops get killed in the process. And then uh, Van Damme's bummed about it. So he takes some more drugs to cover the pain. And um, there's a really good makeup job on him where he just looks like really just like rotting from the inside out. And then he has one more confrontation trying to get this. I think Callaway is the guy's sure. name. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't Josh. go right. He Van Damme gets shot in the head. And he goes dead. Into a, almost. He goes into a coma. Okay. They get the bullet out, but he's uh, non-responsive. Right. And uh, he also has. He's also ha- having problems with his wife. She basically tries to divorce him before he gets shot in the head. Like there's right. a scene. Like right she's before. Like we're done. Almost. <laughs> yeah. So compounding his problems right um and so he gets shot in the head and then once he starts to wake up from the coma the hospital's like we got to put him somewhere um and he still owns their house so because they didn't get divorced so he moves in there and then she starts falling back in love with him um does he have any pets your rabbit is his name jack nope i don't care but there's some random kid that he pays to get information on the street that once he finds out that Sean Claude better shows up and he's like, yeah, by the way, um, I'm really sorry that I gave you the information to that house where you got shot at. Um, here's some fruit to make you feel better. <laughs> and sadly, um, they find out that John Claude's alive. So they go to that house and that kid's like, just John Claude's like, I got something to do. You can stay here and hang out and watch TV while I'm gone. And of course the bad guys show up and kill that kid. Are you kidding me? Nope. Did they eat That's his fruit and too? And then they kidnap his wife. What about the fruit? Uh, fruit doesn't last past that scene. Oh. Nothing, you know, it does you find go out what happened. If it was really fresh fruit, it does go bad pretty quick, so that makes sense. Um, and actually, I forgot. I also God watched, damn it. <laughs> seriously, last one. Okay. <laughs> I've seen it before. Um, I don't think I said it on the show. I saw it, I rewatched JCVD. Right. Which is a yeah, French movie. film. Yeah. Which is really good. Yes. Yeah. You've seen it? Yes. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen it since the theater. And so watching it this week again, I was like able to pay more attention to it. Because it's, it's mostly a dramatic movie. Right. There's very little action. But it's shot so well. And Van Damme's acting when he's like... They portray it as... So he's thinking in his own head about his career. Right. Because he the, plays... In Jean the middle Claude of this hostage situation. Yeah, he's playing himself who is actually still a character. Like it's not yes. himself, but it's right. meant to be. Yeah. Um, but when he's like, so instead of just like having like this voiceover of him talking to himself, the camera sits on his face and then the chair starts to go up and the camera follows his face up into this, the ceiling with the lights. And he just goes into this like really personal speech about his career and what things mean to him. And, um, you know, had, how he got to where he was and how he wishes that he could give his success to more people. And he's embarrassed that he doesn't do as much in the world as other people. That's important. And he doesn't understand like why he's successful and why they can't be. And he wishes he could give a piece of himself to other people who are more creative than him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's really just touching and yeah, that's um, a cool movie. So highly recommend seeing JCVD. Cool. Yeah, and there was two deleted scenes, and one really? of them, when they're uh, when the bad guys uh, pull a hostage out to do the cigarette kick. Okay, <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, the bad guys like the bad guy likes Jean Claude Van Damme, 
Um, he's a big fan. And so he wants to impress Jean-Claude by kicking a cigarette out of a hostage's mouth. Right. That's and what, the yeah, guy's yeah, like, okay, okay, watch this, watch this. I haven't done this in 20 years. And Jean-Claude, under his breath, he's like, then don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the whole movie is in French. So right. him saying that in French is really funny. Um, and then the the, uh, the bad guy <laughs> just kicks that guy in the face. <laughs> but in, in the deleted scenes, uh, that guy actually does it correctly. Oh. So it's this wide shot that they didn't use. And Jean-Claude comes. They do this whole scene as you saw it. But Jean-Claude stands up, just nonchalantly kicks it out. No big deal. And then that actor comes around, does the whole stretching thing, uh-huh. and totally kicks it. And yeah, does it just So is it a deleted scene or is it's it a deleted goof? scene. Hmm? Like, like, is it a deleted scene or is it like a blooper? Like where when in the in this labels, take... I would call it a blooper, but it's called oh, okay. deleted scenes. There's only two huh. scenes on that track. Okay, but yeah, they call it a deleted scene, but yeah, it's... but it, it almost sounds like it's it's one where he wasn't supposed to, but he, he pulls yeah. off. The Why? Because what's in the movie is a different angle, so it's probably because that guy just when he actually gets hit, he just falls out of frame. Right, you only see the contact. Yeah. So I, it's probably the same take. They just had this the sound effect right. in there, right? Um, and the cutaway, so yeah. that way, okay, because it just pans down to Jean Claude's face, like, oh god. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, oh, that's it. It's cool. been an hour, probably, probably. <laughs> what no, you watch, you. James? Uh, just a couple of things. Uh, I got a chance this week to check out Chef, because um, it's on Amazon Instant. Uh, and then I immediately, cause it's got, it's got Robert Downey Jr. in it. So I immediately texted Ryan and was like, you should just buy this cause it's, it's really good. Um, it's a, man, it's a really solid like family movie. It's the kind of movie that we, I don't see very often anymore, right? Like they're either really dramatic or they're really actiony or they're crude comedies. It feels like everything sort of falls into one of those categories. Whereas this is really like, um, it almost feels like a John Hughes kind of a movie uh, as far as just we're going to tell you a fun story about this guy who has some stuff to learn. And so John Favreau plays a chef who um, local critics sort of said that he was like the the next big thing and people really liked him and thought he was really creative. But he's working at a restaurant uh, run by Dustin Hoffman who just wants him to cook the same meal every night. Uh, like they've got a menu and they know that that menu works. And so this big uh, web blogger comes to, comes to the, the restaurant and he's like, well, I want to cook something different. And like it, it starts and he's doing all this crazy stuff. And then Dustin Hoffman comes in and goes, no, you're going to cook the menu that people like. Like, what are you doing? Um, and so he he clearly just feels very stifled and um, can't be very creative and and. Uh, ends up doing exactly that, and uh, the this reviewer who ends up being Oliver Platt writes a really shitty review about him and says like, D- uh, "Dude, this guy, it's not that good," um, and it it clearly bugs John Favreau's character, and so he ends up kind of blowing up, and uh, people like catch it on their phones and stuff like that, and his so he's got this he's got a son with a with uh, Sophia Ver- Vergara from Modern Family. Um, who they're divorced now, uh, and his son's like teaching him about Twitter and that kind of stuff. But um, his son clearly wants them to spend more time together, and 
So he starts teaching him about Twitter because people are talking all this shit about him and he wants to go like read about what they're saying. Uh, And the next thing he knows, he accidentally like, you know, goes and yells at this guy and all these people film it. And now he's like notorious for being this horrible chef. Uh, And he quits his job at that restaurant and says like, well, I'm going to do something else, but he can't figure out really what to do. And what ends up happening is he goes and um, starts his own food truck and drives this food truck across the country back to LA. He flies to Miami, buys the food truck, builds it, learns what he's going to cook and then drives it back across the country and during his expedition sort of remembers why he loves cooking and also gets to connect with the people in his life that he has um, fallen out of touch with. Uh, And it's just, it's a really touching, fun story. It's, it's, it's a pretty tight little movie. It doesn't waste a whole lot of time. And it's got some really fun characters and funny moments in it. A lot of little sort of walk on roles. So, uh, Scarlett Johansson is in the movie early on as like one of the waitresses at, or like the main waitress at the restaurant he's at. Um, ah, oh shoot. What's his name? Um, the, the guy who plays Luigi in fucking the soup. Uh, yeah. John Leguizamo yeah. is in there as his sous chef. Um, man, who else is in there? Uh, obviously Robert Downey Jr. Shows up as his ex-wife's other ex-husband, uh, which that part's pretty good. Um, he's got a Robert Downey Jr. plays like some. I don't even know what he really does if he's a producer or something like that in Miami. He's just very wealthy, um, and for whatever reason, he's got a. Uh, when you go into his office, his secretary makes you put on like these little slipper things over your shoes so that you don't get anything dirty. And even Robert Downey Jr. is wearing them. And then he gets in there, and like she comes in and tells him something and leaves. And Robert Downey Jr. is constantly talking about, like, he runs two conversations with John Favreau's character and is constantly bouncing back and forth. So John Favreau never actually knows what they're supposed to be talking about. Like, he just keeps getting confused. Um, and Robert Downey Jr. is just, he's really good. It's a, it's a really funny scene. Um, but he's only in there for that scene. It, it feels a lot like John Favreau was getting back to... Uh, it's almost a little bit meta where maybe John Favreau has been a little bit bored and this is the movie where he's like, look, I'm just going to get my friends together and we're going to tell a story about being passionate about things you like and this will be good. Um, and it is, it's a really fun little movie. Uh, and it's cool that the, during the credits, there's this little scene with the guy who clearly was like teaching him how to cook stuff on film and how to really look like a good chef. Uh, and it's just funny to watch the two of them sort of, talk about food and how you how he should act while he's preparing food because uh, there's a lot of the stuff where he's in the shot and totally looks like he is cooking um he obviously learned how to really cut onions in a professional looking manner so and that's not always easy so uh it's definitely worth checking out for sure uh and then the other thing that i got ch- I, I mentioned earlier i got a I went and saw The Hobbit again. That's still good. I liked it better this time than I did before. Um, but I also watched Horns today, uh, which is the movie with Daniel Radcliffe based on the Joe Hill novel uh, where Daniel Radcliffe is, I don't know, he's a 20-something-year-old kid who um, his girlfriend ends up dead 
and one morning he wakes up with horns and he has a certain influence over people um and i so i read about half the book and only put it i really liked it i just i get distracted really easy and so i didn't finish it but um i really enjoyed it and some of what's cool about that book is that it starts kind of like the metamorphosis by kafka it just sort of starts and he has horns and you learn the story and what's going on down the line and so there's always this mystery about like why does he have horns and this movie feels a lot more like he like they wanted to make a more serious twilight movie um because they lean really hard on the romance between them and that being like this you know faded love and that like he's gonna you know try to figure out who really killed her and and then they can be together again and He's like giving up his soul for her, and like there's just ah, it, like that whole part is a little bit wimpy to me. Uh, and there's this horrible voiceover. It starts with the voiceover. Every now and then the voiceover pops in. It feels like an afterthought. Like it feels like a Blade Runner add-on where it's just like, why did you do this? Why didn't you just tell this story in a way that was interesting and? write it so that the characters could say how they feel or show how they feel rather than just rather than just telling us, right? Um it it's pretty messy. The makeup on the horns is really good. Um but I I don't even know that I can recommend it cuz it's it's really obvious too like 20 minutes in. So in, in this version it starts off and they they go through like a whole day where he doesn't have the horns. Um and you just see like because uh, everybody in the town suspects that he was that he is the killer, they just can't prove it. Um, and one of his one of his like childhood friends is his lawyer. And um, about twenty minutes in, they do right after he first gets the horns, he goes to his doctor, and basically like people see the horns, but as soon as they look away, they kind of forget that they're there. And they do a very poor job at really defining what the power is. Um, so in this case, like a lot of people tend to, they tend to tell him like their deepest, darkest, darkest secrets. They tend to be very honest with him and they sort of tend to ask for his permission to do things that they want to do, but they know they shouldn't. So like the very first scene he, where he has the horns, there's this young woman who's like, oh man, do you, do you, do you think I could eat another donut? Do you think I could eat all of these donuts? Can I just eat all of them? And he says, yes. And she just like, puts her whole face in the box and starts eating them but it feels like it feels very unnatural it's not very funny and it it's there are a lot of scenes where you're supposed to feel like oh man like these people are telling him these horrible like he goes and sees his parents and his mom tells him like man like i wish you would just disappear like i'm really tired of hearing about your problems and i think you murdered your girlfriend and I really wish you just weren't here because it it's so much work to be around you. And that sounds horrible, but it, it probably sounds more convincingly horrible when I say it now than it does in the movie. Like, it just feels very forced, um, which is just too bad. Uh, I don't know. And some of that's just the pacing. Um, but so after he go, when he goes to the doctor and the doctor, like, starts to saw off his horns, um, which, spoilers, doesn't work. Um, he sort of passes out and has this like 10 or 15 minute long 
flashback sequence that kind of feels like the beginning of It's a Wonderful Life, where like he and his friends are running around and they're doing stupid stuff and blowing up shit with cherry bombs, and then he almost drowns, and then the next day, like, or, or and before that, he meets this girl at the church who ends up being the girlfriend that gets killed, and like, then he and this other friend fix her necklace. Like, there's this long story, and of course, all of the characters that are important then are the characters he's dealing with now, and spoilers the things that happen in there where one of them gets hurt is part of the reason why the girl ends up dead and it it's just so obvious so nothing is a surprise i knew exactly who the killer was and not because i read the book because obviously i didn't finish it so i didn't know who the killer was um but it feels like they read the book and said well all these things are important we have to do it exactly the way they did there and that's not really true like they they didn't need to give us all those details. What they needed to give us was a really interesting mystery with a cool supernatural power and some characters that were kind of fun and some some heavy emotional moments. I don't need, like, oh, well, this character only has three fingers because he got his hand blown off by a cherry bomb and, like, that's part of why he's still pissed about some shit and uh, early on he admitted that he liked this person. and Like, no, I don't. I don't care. Like, it just makes for a shittier movie uh, and totally kills the momentum of, you know, you you wanted to see this movie because Daniel Radcliffe grows horns for some reason. And if all of a sudden I spend 15 minutes with some little kid who does not have horns, I'm not that interested. Then it's just some movie about some kids. So I I was honestly pretty disappointed. Um, Also, Daniel Radcliffe, really bad at hiding his accent. Like, Sam Worthington bad at hiding his accent. Like there there were a number of times where he would say a word and I would go, What the fuck? That's not how Americans <laughs> say this. Like especially Americans in Maine. I guess I don't pay attention to accents enough because I've never like I know Ryan's commented on Sam Worthington's non accent all the time, but I don't think I've ever noticed it in a movie ever. I don't even know that I've noticed Sam Worthington as much as I noticed this one. This one was a lot. You know, because there are some people like an Alice Eve who can or a Hugh Laurie who can just turn it on and off like a switch. And it's amazing. Um, yeah. Hugh, Hugh Laurie is pretty good at that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hugh Laurie is really good at it. Um, Daniel Radcliffe is good sometimes, but sometimes it's just like it seems like he doesn't think he has to try. I, I don't know that I've seen enough of him. Like, I mean, I didn't even see all the Harry Potter movies. So, like, I, I, I don't well, really technically know. neither did I. But this is this is the f- <laughs> First non-Harry Potter movie of his I've seen. I, it's too bad Ryan's out here because I know he saw The uh, Woman in Black. Is that what it was called? Of course, I don't know if that movie, maybe he's British in that movie too. Um, but that's the only movie I can even think of where Daniel Radcliffe is in it, not as Harry Potter. So um, anyway. And, well, I think over there it would be like The Dame in Black or something. So Right. They, you're very right. Yeah. So it must so be American. It must be an American film. They yeah. Are, yeah, everybody. They it opens with monster trucks and like harrier jets so of course yeah they don't they don't have the word they don't have the word woman in england it's it's sexist and and racist ladies uh uh uh, wench (laughs) wench wenches (laughs) anyway uh so yeah why why don't we have wenches anymore (laughs) why are there no more why can't i why can't i call my my waitress wench 
Um, I think they do have winch. I think it, Twin Peaks. Those are all winches, aren't they? And then, Let's anyway. not even start talking um, about Twin Peaks. So you, you, you and I both know a girl that works at Twin Peaks now. I know. I know. Yeah. I really want to unfriend her on Facebook just because <laughs> I hate. I'm sorry, but I hate seeing the pictures of her at work. I just go like, God damn it. Yeah. You are too smart for that. She is. Like, well, she was. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe she got dumber. I don't know. Anyways. Um, so yeah, we just we just lost our entire Twin Peaks audience. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, all, all three all women. All four million of them. That listen to us. One of them works at Twin Peaks and stopped listening. Yeah, um, yeah so I don't know. Horns. Horns is kind of interesting, but it's it's a complete failure of, of, of an adaptation as far as I'm concerned. So. Uh, cool. This week, we saw the interview. Dan, should people see the interview? Uh, yeah, they should. Brad, should people see the interview? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if it's the event of the year. But oh, hell no. <laughs> but But that expectation is unfair, right? Like, they didn't, they didn't cause this hype. Yeah, they weren't. They in were fact, trying to go for it, but <laughs> the way it's being treated at this point, it feels like it right. should be. But yeah, um, it's take that away. It's it's just another funny comedy. Yeah, that you'll probably watch once and then you'll be good for the rest of your life. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, it's a movie that had some some fun bits in it and some funny little jokes that I enjoyed and some scenes that I was like, oh, that's that's creative, um, but not one that I'm. Not one that I will return to often. Definitely not as good as like even a Pineapple Express, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, we were kind of like I mean, uh, like you can laugh at this all you want, um, but I actually think Pineapple Express is like great, like like almost amazing. Like, yeah, like it's it's hysterical. Like that, like my dad, who has nothing to do with stoner culture. I mean, like I don't either, but I I'm younger and I understand it. Like like the yeah. way that people talk about it nowadays. Yeah. Um, and we watched it with him, and he was in tears. Yeah, just because it was so, like, r- relatable, I guess, or or even just like it, it that ca- you believed those characters, mm-hmm. I guess. When there's there's a lot less, and, and then, so like like clearly like like Seth Rogen and these other guys are very capable actors and very capable writers. And they can kind of put this thing together very well. And the interview is a, it's a funny movie. Like we la- we all laughed a whole bunch, but yeah. at the end of the day, like I don't know. Is, like, it, a, is it a must see? No, no. If certainly not. I I think it's it's a must to support, not a must see. Does that make sense? Like I I totally think that people should go out and see this movie if only to make a statement. But. Do you have to go see it? Like, if not for all of the context, do you have to go see it? No, you probably don't not. I mean, I, I did it's good. like it's. It is. It is worth seeing. I did like a lot of the the kind of running jokes through it. Yeah. Um, like the one dude eats the thing, and then every time they see him, yes. they they keep. Hey, how, are you okay? How are you feeling? Right. You you look alive so far. Uh, yeah. Just kind of little, just things like that. Um. Well, all right. Here, let's let's sure let's do the trailer and then we'll get into it because there are some things I want to talk about for right. sure. You know, people say that actors lie for a living but this is living a lie okay rob when you're ready get ready camera two. Oh, oh jesus fuck whoa his head looks like somebody's taint you barely look different thanks man come on we've been together for a thousand episodes 
congratulations on a thousand hours of being a massive sellout. What do you mean? Guys, guys, some pictures just came out where it looks like McConaughey's fucking a goat. Ooh. McConaughey goat fuck? McConaughey goat fuck. Get him, get him, get the goat! Get the goat! Got some questions for that goat. Every night, millions of people watch our show. I just want to cover actual news, not Nicki Minaj's vagina fucking flopping out at the Grammys. You don't like that brown sugar? It has nothing to do with brown sugar. Look at this. Kim Jong-un wants to do an interview with Dave Skylark? He's a fan. Look at this butt fuck. If that ain't a real story, what is? Okay, let's fucking do it. We're going to North Korea! Mr. Rappaport, I am Agent Lacey with Central Intelligence. Yo, Aaron! Woo. Yo, I don't know who I fucked last night, but I got some stink dick! Uh, Dave, it's actually... Uh... Woo! Yo, Aaron, does your dick stink? So weird how you, like, just want to keep smelling it, though. Dave, uh, the CIA is here. You two are going to be in a room alone with Kim. We got the interview! The CIA would love it if you could take him out. Hmm? Take him out. Like for drinks? Like to dinner? Take him out in the town? No, uh, take him out. You want us to kill the leader of North Korea? Yes. What? Hello, North Korea! We might die, but we'd be total dickheads if we didn't do this. I've had a great life. I had the best, best friend. Fuck more women than Ellen DeGeneres. Kim must die. That's the American way. Is this what you want? You like it? You have to secure the payload. What do I do with it? What do I do with it? There are people coming. Where the fuck do I hide it? What if you hide it in your butt? I don't want to stick it in my ass. You got to put it in your butt right now. It's a little big to stick up my ass. They are closing in on you. package is secure that yes oh fucking weapon of ass destruction you got fucked by robocop dude yeah i i think it's it's really good it's there's a lot more breathing room in this movie than i expected right like like uh how so pineapple express a pineapple express or 21 jump street the sort of those movies that really have blown me away in the last you know six years in this kind of a comedy, right? Like in a, in a dude grow, you know, um, toilet humor <laughs> kind of movie. Okay. Um, the really good ones, the, the jokes, the, there's a, there's a high joke per minute value, right? Like they, they don't let up. Whereas here, there's a lot of breathing room as far as like, Oh, you know, Okay, we got to get Seth Rogen out into this field so he can fight a tiger and then put this thing up his ass. So there's a, but it's a pretty long sequence. Oh yeah, and there's not a lot of, it's not like joke, 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 which is the way that Pineapple Express feels. Like the chemistry between those characters, the, the just number of sheer dumb things happening, uh, and I think that's because Pineapple Express the plot is paper thin. Whereas here, they have this big thing they have to achieve, right? Like, that you've got to get these characters to go to North Korea and do all this crazy shit. Which means that there's, like, a long montage of Seth Rogen going to China and climbing a fucking mountain to meet a helicopter that a hot chick comes out of. Like, 
that that's what I mean, right? Yeah. No one was laughing during the montage in China. Whereas I don't know that there's a lot of that kind of stuff in a Pineapple Express yeah. or a or a Twenty One Jump they, Street. They don't really have to build anything up. Exactly. It's just yeah. It's just we're just here's all the stuff that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Twenty One Jump Street has more of a plot to it, but Twenty One Jump Street is also so self aware that it just says like you're gonna do something fucking stupid. Let's go do it, and then like that's the whole plot. Sure. So yeah. you know. Yeah, and like uh, I actually did fall asleep during the interview, really? but but we we watched it on Christmas. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, all I did all day on Christmas uh, was again like babysat my my niece and nephew. Right. I ate a shitload of ham. Okay. I drank a shitload of beer, <laughs> and then I fell asleep during the last twenty minutes of the interview. Okay. I liked what I saw. Were you, I will go were back you and eating ham and drinking beer while watching the children. No, I was uh, uh, yeah, actually yes, oh, totally. So <laughs> uh, th- there were like maybe five or six other adults around too, though. Okay, so okay. it wasn't just me, but still like yeah. a, a complete handful. But you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to go back at some point and watch that whole that movie mm-hmm. again. Um, what part did you fall asleep in? It was like the last twenty minutes. Did you see them kill Kim Jong Un? I saw like the tank. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it, you know it was probably like the last swell of music when the credits started that like whoa like woke me right. back up yeah um uh but like I just I feel like this we we talked about this a little bit earlier but it's just like this is just kind of going to be like one of those things that is going to like live and die by the news around it instead of the actual merits of the movie like it like the, it it was funny. No, like no one's really going to be talking about the interview in two years. And even when they do, they'll be talking about it in context yeah. of what happened here. Yeah, rather than yeah, I, it was it was I, funny. I, I I liked that movie. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. But there are plenty of comedies even this year that I enjoyed more. Um, for sure. I, I I think that were it not for the news, this would be a fun but forgettable comedy. You know, where it's like, oh, yeah, they, they did a wacky thing. Um, other people thought it was a deep satire that um, full of meaning and uh, messages. Really? Yeah. Did we get a did we get a message that that, that said exactly that? Pretty much uh, from uh, Russell Ben Hedman. Hey, who is the, uh, one fourth of the band Filthy Tea. Cool. And did a song for Jean-Claude Van Damme's Dan Van. He said, um, in response to some comments I made, that this movie has lots of bromance and dick jokes, indeed. But I think I laughed hardest at all of the excellent juxtaposition of the pointlessness of consumer capitalism versus the bleakness totalitarian socialism. They come back numerous. Um, they come back numerous in the film to Katy Perry, the, the, uh, the Katy Perry song Firework, which represents probably the most profitable music venture of the last couple of years, at least. The lyric that they focus on is possibly the most inane, pointless er- lyric of all time. And this is it. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind, wanting to start again? Just awesome. And I assume that's sarcastic? Uh... Well, I think he's saying that the juxtaposition there is, or is he is, referencing the, the yeah, he's ta- he's yeah. awesome, yeah. Um, when you uh, zoom out from that, there's a the bigger picture of what James Franco's character is doing with the entirety of his life, interviewing celebrities about their nonsense issues, and as Rogan's character puts it, shoveling shit down the throats of their viewers ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. 
The film kind of concludes with a face-off between capitalist nonsense and communist bleakness in the form of a back-and-forth interview. When Franco challenges the reality of Kim's rule, Kim quite astutely points out the massive incarceration rates in the U.S. and various issues spawned in our capitalist state. Franco, molded by capitalism into not much more than a talking head, has no idea what to say. He resorts to Katy Perry, the secret weapon of capitalism. Victory. I hope it wins a fucking Oscar. So, um, I can uh, see that, but I don't know if I was supposed to read that deeply into I, the movie. Yeah, I don't think that that's really there. But I really don't. I'm sorry. That's what art does. Is yeah, how people interpret. I agree. I mean, we're calling this movie art, but yeah, in the sense that it is someone's creative expression, not so much like it's not the Mona yes. Lisa, but <laughs> right or something. I don't know. Yeah, that or feels like it? stretching to me. I I think that. I think that Katy Perry being a dumbass song is not does not make this a better movie, or is not like part of the master plan of this movie. Uh, I think that they, I think that the idea of James Franco singing Katy Perry with Kim Jong Un is what was funny, and so they thought that that was worth it. Right. Um, That's how I see it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think these things are maybe just unintentional based on like I, the subconscious <laughs> effort of trying to make jokes in the movie. Yeah. Based yeah, on right. this premise. Because based on that interpretation, if if that's not if they weren't trying to make that point, right? Like if they weren't trying to have so he sa- says that in the interview, um Jane you know, James Franco is is too dumb to actually make any good arguments about actual politics and so he resorts to the only thing that capitalism the only tools of capitalism or whatever which are fucking Katy perry or whatever um no they do that because a if the movie suddenly turned into frost nixon it wouldn't be funny right like you can't actually end the movie with james franco making good political arguments about whether or not capitalism is any good and or communism is any good and they're also not demonizing him as being a communist they're demonizing him as being a brainwashing manipulative dictator who um keeps all of his people starving to death while he lives in a crazy house and you know pretends like everything's okay when it's not um because the their goal ends up being i i will say that i think the smartest thing here is that you know, they start off and they're on this mission to kill Kim Jong-un and that even these guys, well, actually, they don't. The 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 North Korean woman is smart enough to say, no, killing him doesn't actually do any good. The truth is you have to reveal the fact that he has an asshole to all of yeah, the people yeah. of North Korea. Right? Actually, like, so I, I actually that, was awake for that part and that, yeah, that's a really that good. That is actually the smart thing about this. Yeah. For me. I'm not saying that Russell's wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's quite that deep. Well, um, well, so so but, even like, like know, let's him, let's say sure. that it is. So yeah. let, let's say that it is that deep. So even if that was an accident, even if that's not what they intended by by including some of that stuff in the film, it is still there. How, how, but but also, how much less effective does that make it? Some probably, but but a lot or just a little. Um, like in in th- like that th- that's not even a question that you have to answer because maybe there isn't even an answer to that question. But but so I understand what you're saying. I think first you have to ask whether or not it's effective, and for Russell it is. 
For me, it's not. So if if what he's saying is and again true, and again that is such a subjective thing that it's like you right. know like exactly uh, yeah so that's what I'm saying is like if what he's saying is true and that was the intent was that they wanted to juxtapose you know the capitalism of Katy Perry with the communism of Kim Kim Jong Un or just the capitalism of basically TMZ reporting and Kim Jong Un. Um, and use that to to talk about whether or not about consumerism versus uh, uh, communism. I think that it's already not effective. So then the question of whether or not it's more effective, well, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Like uh, I see what you're asking, but yeah, like, well, I, I don't know. I don't think you're wrong. I don't think he's wrong. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. Try try to keep an open mind about that stuff. Yeah. Um, I I yeah, I feel like it's there. I just that's not what I'm looking for when I watch the movie. You know. <sighs> yeah. Uh, the focus that I see is I think it's there, but only innately in when you're making fun of TMZ. That's part of what you're making. Fun yeah. Of. Like it's it's inherent in the premise of yeah, like a movie about a dictator like yeah. But whether whether or not it is a part of their master plan to choose a a, a inane Katy Perry song, they could have chosen any Katy Perry song. They're all fucking inane. Like yeah, a Miley Cyrus song could have worked. A Taylor Swift song could have worked. Yeah, um, there's, I mean there's this so one's, much this one's American good because consumerism it, examples it is, that you just throw in there. Yeah, this one's good because it's pulling a a shitty reference to uh, American Beauty. And I don't know. But yeah, did she write that lyric based on that movie? Because that's what I thought. She had to. And even, here's the thing, it wasn't good in American Beauty. It's a fucking poor ripoff of a thing that happened in Forrest Gump. It wasn't even necessarily original there, but it's way better in Forrest Gump than, because it's so on the nose in American Beauty. Um, anyway, and then when Katy Perry sings it, it's just complete garbage. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was, I don't think it's that smart. I just don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I think that the, <laughs> yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be that smart. No. Maybe, maybe it can, in the end, just be a movie that was funny. Yeah. So. And it was. Yeah. The honey potting jokes were, the, the honey dicking jokes were very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan is good. Yeah, yeah. That I liked her. Scene where he's trying to have sex with the Asian woman, but can't touch him, touch her with his right hand. That that was funny. Uh, that was good. They kill a tiger. Yeah, they do. Was, I, I think I remember that. That was pretty okay. There's some good talk about putting stuff up his butt. That was pretty okay. Like, like especially later like huge it's things really too good. yeah it's really the the sequel scene to that when he shows it to James Franco's character he's like <laughs> oh shit i didn't know it was that big like that was <laughs> that was really when it was great yeah like i thought it was just the size of your thumb yeah right? like it's just <laughs> <laughs> like like as if it, if it were smaller james franco would would have had no problem with it right or something yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. like um, also, why why does Seth Rogen play the exact same character? Like <laughs> like 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 James Franco is a very capable actor. Yeah, uh, and James Franco is a different James Franco character in this movie. Like, yeah, he is, like he's a he's almost more 
he's not even just dumber. He's like more desperate or more of an asshole even it, he's, he's um, more of an asshole in this one he was uh he he played a very desperate character in pineapple express yes he, oh yes he was just much more like kind of stupid but also just like shitty yeah here he doesn't seem like a very good friend no you know like that was almost i was half expecting there to be a scene where like the two of them square off and go like dude you're kind of the worst yeah they have the whole like yeah. two-thirds of the way through falling out yeah they yeah. do right yeah um but that's just a disagreement like they don't stop being friends at that point they yeah. just disagree about what's right um, sure interesting very interesting yeah it's good yeah it's it's i think i think it's definitely worth seeing um i don't think you have to see it in theaters but you probably should you know but if you're in a, a city where you can't then Go rent it online. Yeah, if you have you no other was, means. You said it was like seven bucks? It was like six it was like five ninety nine or like six ninety nine on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash that a website? Some movie. Okay. Um, and you'll find it there. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely at least worth that. And then look at the Charlie Bit My Finger video or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Then just, <laughs> because you're on YouTube. <laughs> just spend like a couple hours just watching stupid, you know, just like babies laughing. Yeah. Or whatever dumb shit you can watch on YouTube. I'm on a boat, I think that's there. Oh uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah, just some Lonely Island shit, and yeah, check out YouTube. Man, <laughs> we, check out YouTube. We had a whole, um, we had a whole revelation uh, over Christmas, my whole family and I, that the best Lonely Island thing is the Michael Bolton, uh, Jack Sparrow one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one is so fucking good. <laughs> they invite him in. They're like, we we need you to, we just want you to do this like in the club drinking song with us. He's like, yeah, I just saw the Pirates of the Caribbean. It's really good. And they're like, yeah, okay, but we're gonna do the song. And all he wants to do is sing about <laughs> fucking Jack Sparrow. Yep. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Shit. All right. Well, oh, sorry. Man. No, that was good. That was good. <laughs> um, cool. Anything else? No? Okay. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van is playing January 17th oh, at the I, Bug Theater. I meant about the interview, but yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to post it? I thought we were wrapping it up. We are. No, we yeah, are. Yeah. We are. Cool. Which which night again? January seventeenth, nine p.m. ish, at the Bug Theater. Awesome. Um, you have to buy tickets this time because we're part of a festival, not our own thing. Cool. Uh, I believe it'll be five dollars for the block, ten dollars for the day, mm-hmm. and fifteen dollars for the whole three days of the festival. So, come see it. Cool. Again, if you've already seen it, and it's the first time if you haven't. Awesome. That sounds cool. Uh, and then that's a Saturday, Dan says. Yep, that is that yeah. is correct. Um, and then we are also doing the film explosion next week, so make sure you get your votes, lists, anecdotes, stories, quips, whatever about your favorite movies from the year. Uh, just stuff you don't want us to forget about. Maybe tell us about some shit you did not like. My top ten is... Uh, wait, wait. Next no, week. No. It, well, it's short. Okay. And I, you won't have me. Call it in. Call it in. We'll write it in. What if I just spoiled it and gave it to you? Uh, I'll write it in. Okay, I'll okay. In. That's the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> write it on a sticky note and give it to me. Send it in an email. Um, send it onto our Facebook page. Tweeter it I'll to insta- us. I'll Instagram it to you. Insta. I don't I'll, know I'll, if we have uh, a sepia tone we do. picture. Yes. 
you could create a Trello board and invite it to <laughs> us. Uh, oh my God. You could, all the ways. They're all the way. Take a photo of each movie in order and send them to us in one way or another to the real nerds. I'll get the top ten we'll high scores on some arcade game and make that. Yes, and make fill it. out like the <laughs> yeah. abbreviation of each title as the <laughs> names and then mail us the entire arcade machine. Yeah. Uh, please make it a Galaga machine. That's my favorite. Um, <laughs> Galaga's pretty okay. Galaga's pretty okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's this week. Next week is that film explosion, so we won't be seeing a movie. What would we be seeing? What actually even comes out next week? Is there anything? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's I too bad the for woman that movie. In black. Oh, the woman in black two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's I too can bad. Double check real quick. Daniel Radcliffe's accent isn't in that movie, so. Uh, and but not not for not because he tries so hard to keep it out, just because he's not in that movie. Um, Leviathan and a Most Violent Year come out on the Wednesday. Cool. But The Woman in Black 2 is the Friday, and then the week after that is Taken 3. And at some point, American Sniper goes wide, so we'll ha- we'll probably yeah. have that out here somewhere. But January 16th. I think we're going to count that as a 2015 movie. Yeah. Um, With Black Hat, Paddington, The Wedding Ringer, and Still Alice. What's the other little indie movie that just Inherent Vice is January 9th with Taken 3. But yeah, next week, Woman in Black 2 will be missing because we'll be doing Film Explosion. So. Yeah. And Inherent Vice, we're counting as a 2015 movie. Um, I am. Oh, no, for sure. No. Uh, and then there's one... Anyway. There's there's some other little indie movie that's coming out, like, limited release this week that we'll, we'll push back to 2015. Which inevitably means that it never gets... They they rarely get counted on... Selma? Unbroken? Gambler? Um, Is everything you know? Any of those. Thanks for coming, Dan. Yeah, thanks for... For me, you're yep, being here. Agreed. Yeah. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.